How much do you pay in productivity tax? Not familiar with the term? Well, let me dictionary it for you. Productivity tax is what you pay when you engage in activities that detract from your ability to be productive in the future. For me, it was turning the booze and craft beers as my chill, social, wind-down activity after closing up the gym at night. Sure, I love going home, pouring myself an old-fashioned or having an imperial stout while I just hung out and tried to turn off my business brain. But damn, did I pay a productivity tax the next day. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, you're up, you're moving, you're alive, but you're not as sharp as you know you can be. Where you'd have thoughts of creativity and maybe awesome ideas for the business, you've got nothing but fog and like a slow mental processor, like dial-up internet. I got sick and tired of regretting my decisions and paying that productivity tax. So I switched to drinking only Rebel Rabbit when I have important shit to do the next day. Rebel Rabbit is a canned, cannabis-infused seltzer that is low-calorie, all-natural, and hydrating as fuck. They have a ton of different flavors, like grapefruit, mandarin orange, lemon-lime, and they also come in a variety of different strengths, so that you can consume the perfect amount for you. Just enough that you get the buzz and chill state of being you want, but with none of the nasty side effects. From a business owner to business owner perspective, I can't recommend their products enough. I even take them to parties when I know I want to get in a great workout the next day. And if that's not enough, they have a great wholesale program that can create a high margin for your business while providing your members with a product that they can rely on versus the hard stuff that they also probably turn to when they need to unwind. So guys, go check out Rebel Rabbit. They're currently offering all my listeners 20% off your purchase when you apply the discount code GYMTALK20 at checkout. That's GYMTALK20. Go to their website, drinkrebelrabbit.com, order a variety pack today, and let's take the edge off without paying that productivity tax tomorrow. You can also use the store locator tool and find a retail spot near you. Guys, get into some Rebel Rabbit. This shit has been a complete game changer for me, and I know it will be for you too. What are you drinking? Uh, I got always down. Uh, 10 barrel. 10 All barrel. Yeah. What kind of beer is that? IPA. Awesome. Let me do the let me do the formality. What is up, guys? It is Stu. It's another episode of the What the Fuck Jim Talk podcast, but it's not really a podcast. I just I Adam and I thought this would be fun just to fucking just record this and just talk shop. I've got Adam Ludlow on here. Um, friend, colleague. Uh, we've done work together and I I we were just shooting the show. I was like, bro, let's just get you we've got so much to catch up on and let's just you know, tour on the end of like a Friday night or something, we each uh, have a beverage and we get on the podcast, we record it, but we literally just talk shop. And I'm sure people are going to find it interesting or insightful or helpful in some way, shape or form. So uh, real quick for the formality of it, would you do your 90 second wrap of uh, your, you know, what you've done in the industry and kind of where you are today? Happy to. Thanks to Adam Ludlow. I live in Spokane, Washington. I have spent half my life uh, as a strength coach. So where I'm at now is uh, I'm a girl dad. I'm married, got three beautiful daughters. Uh, I own a few different businesses. My primary one is Rewired Fitness Co., uh, which is a self-made single shop brick and mortar strength and conditioning gym in Spokane, Washington. Uh, That's about 10 years old. I was owner operator for a long time. I'm moving much more towards just the owner, a little less of the operator in this season of life. Uh, I've got an investment company, uh, as well as I own a business coaching business. Um, so in the investment I, company, break that down for me. What, what does that entail? Uh, investments in real estate, 
and things that are more focused on long-term wealth. Got it. Good. Deal. So it, it's, it's very hands-off. Uh, it's very passive. Uh, and it, it's uh, part of just being able to build out my portfolio and not get so niched into just the fitness industry, which is my first passion. Uh, but I wanted to be able to broaden beyond that. You know, so, I mean, you snowballed, like, again, like the majority of our relationship has been you and the, and then rewired fitness co and the brand and like the evolution of what you did with that. And I still, I think I tell you this, I still use you as an example on social all the time. I, I still, you know, I know you guys did work with, uh, the creative matters and copy and all that, but just like you, you just, you figured out the photos, you figured out the media, like the messaging, it just, I always uh, use you as a, a prime example for that. But then, I mean, going into the investment um, game, and we, obviously we talked a lot in the past year or so, uh, some purchase acquisition opportunities, even, you know, you were playing around with uh, franchising a metabolic at the time. Like you've had a, you had a lot going on. I feel like, and then obviously your, the coaching business has a lot of this post gym being my sole go-to play but in the past, I mean, does that seem like it's gotten heavier in the past 18 months for you? Probably, probably 36 months. Okay. Uh, I think, I think more so in the last 18 where you've really started to see some changes. So for me, I, I knew a few things. I knew I wanted to own my own gym. Uh, I knew I wanted to make it something I was really proud of, but could afford, you know, my family, the lifestyle that we wanted, uh, and I looked at that and as it was growing and as it started to get uh, some really good traction, um, by no means have we arrived, uh, but we, we do have a very good thing going. And I looked at a few opportunities of, I started to recognize two things. One, what I really genuinely love to do is coach. Uh, and to me, I always thought that was going to be in a gym for probably a very, very long time. Uh, but I look at everything I've done in my career and it, it's all kind of evolved around coaching. Uh, when I was in high school, I was coaching middle school sports teams. Uh, when I was in college, I was coaching high school sports teams, post-college. I have a bit of a similar background, uh, for those that know Stu's of like, I was a guy that originally was getting paid under the table by friends. And then I went, you know, and started training at a global box gym and cut my teeth there, which was super helpful. I'm thankful for that season, but I quickly turned it into, I'm going to go do my own thing. I'm going to run my own boot camps. I'm going to train my own clients. I'm going to hustle and grind. And I, I built originally what was a pretty decent job. I slowly started turning that into a business. And then I moved across the state from Seattle to Spokane, started a brand new opportunity here uh, and did it all over again. And, and started realizing after been, you know, I've been doing this for about 18 years, 18 and a half. What I thought was me really loving being in the gym industry and, and owning the gym. I still do like that scratch is a major itch for me and I am not wanting to give that up, but I realized like, man, what I really love doing is helping people get from where they currently are to where they really want to go. And as I learned, man, I've, I've picked up some skills along the way. I've got some passion with that. I'm interested in things like that. What does that look like? It started informally for me, uh, specifically like business coaching. Honestly, I think COVID was one of the things that made me highly aware that there's a lot of people in my sphere of influence that look at me as a coach and an asset and wanted to come and ask questions and get advice 
and get some, you know, some, Hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this, in my business, and I'm not sure what to do. Could you help? Or, Hey, I'm thinking about leaving this company and start my own thing. Could I come talk to you? And it started making me realize like, even within our own gym, we have a lot of high achievers. We have a lot of business owners, but we have a lot of people that I have a very good relationship with where there's been enough trust and enough time built where they're like, I feel like I could go to this guy and and have him help me get further along. So a lot of it started informally. Uh, yeah. and, and COVID was kind of those things because maybe it freed up some people to look at their business differently or look at how to do their business differently, or maybe they had more margin or maybe they had more need. But I started noticing during COVID, like a lot of gyms started reaching out and saying like, Hey, would you help us? Like, what, like, what are you doing? That seems to be working. We feel like our heads against the wall and it grew into beyond just gyms. Uh, and as that grew, I started realizing I think there's a lot of opportunity for me as, as rewired continues to grow and pivot. I don't want to change what our business is. I want to see it continue to thrive. And I know at some point that's going to require me to become much more of the owner and less of the operator. And at the same time, I wanted to see the staff that give them the opportunity to be here long-term to really grow the career that they want to grow into uh, and if that aligns with the direction the business is going, which fortunately it has, like that's a major win for everybody. If I run everything forever, this thing will die. Uh, and I think some business owners listening to this, especially in the gym world, probably need to hear that. If you're the person running everything, give it a long enough timeline and it'll fold up. Uh, and I wanted to ride that wave until it was time to start passing it off. And we're kind of in that season now. Uh, and as that's happened, business coaching for me is has been more of a formal thing in the last 12 months. Um, so now what, what does that look like for me? I, I, I business coach uh, what I would call probably small to medium-sized business owners that are usually in a spot where they're either working for a current company and they want to go start their own thing. I've got quite a few clients that are in that boat, which is super fun because I love that they're reaching out to a coach in the early days. Like, I don't know about you, Stu, but I know for me, like if I would have got connected to you five years earlier than I did, I probably would have saved myself a lot of headaches. Uh, but, you know, that wasn't the case. And I work with a lot of people that have built up until probably what they would call their own lid and don't know how to get it to the next level, uh, which for me is two really, really fun types of avatar clients to work with are people that are trying to break off and start something new or people that want to grow beyond the current lid and skill set they feel like they have. I feel like there's a, there's this constant group of what's the proper, it's the proper term cunts. That's the proper term um, of individuals who like you do the gym owner thing. And then you, you start doing some kind of consulting, problem solving, mentorship, whatever the fucking verb is you want to use. And there's someone that comes out the world like, oh, okay, you're just going to, you're going to own a gym. And then, you know what, you're now going to go to business coaching. Like, it's like this, like <laughs> play. And I, I let people, I'm, like, my thing is this is like, you gotta understand small business America and then niche it into the fitness sector. It's like a high school where 97% of the people are freshmen, mm. very few seniors, very few seniors. And so when someone's like, oh, I remember the, I remember 2015, I turn on those fucking, you know, iPhone, shitty camera. I was back. It's CrossFit South End. I'm making making those videos. I'm writing for Box Pro Magazine for free so people know who I am. And I'm inviting myself to conferences that I wasn't invited to because I thought I should have been, right? Like, 
and people like, oh, so you, whatever, you think you know shit because you, you got a gym or you may or may not be successful, whatever. Maybe it's like all it is like consulting or problem solving or mentorship. It's literally just one thing I have. It could be one week. It could be one year. It could be 10 years of experience on something that the yeah. other person doesn't. Frank Abagnale, catch me if you can. Imp you know, he's he's this imposter guy. He goes around and he just literally he he, fa he fakes as a Harvard professor for an entire semester. Be like, how how were you able to dupe the students into thinking you were a professor? You were their age. It's like I just had to be one chapter ahead of my students. Mm. I'd read one chapter ahead of the book, and and that is literally all the consultant is. I've literally paid a guy to consult me on solely solely the second phase of rezoning. I was on the first phase. I probably could have Googled and YouTubed and asked a bunch of people for free, but I just went straight to this guy who what he did is the phase where we go from the civil engineer to this guy. Like he just he does this one phase, the second phase in Charlotte in Mecklenburg County. And mm -hmm. I paid him to consult me on just the second phase because he was literally a step ahead of me. A step was it. But that was valuable for me. Because again, like, and that's all it is. Anyone listening to this call who has a level of experience above someone else could get paid for business coaching, consulting, whatever it is. You know, we've all given advice to people. And there's a gym owner right now who probably sucks. The business sucks. But even them in with all their L's could fucking get paid to give someone some advice. Be like, listen, you're about to start a gym. Let me tell you 76 things not to do. OK, like yeah. it, it potentially is monetizable that way. And I just I hate when people throw shade. I'm like, oh, you're going to whatever. Everyone's trying to become a co a business coach. Now, I the life coach. Yeah, that's a little bit different. I'll, I'd like to tell most of those guys to go fucking go fuck themselves. But on the business coach side, I'll, like I can talk to you and I instantly like 100 percent. You you know shit, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you know shit. I feel comfortable. Um, I would, you know, send you business. I would like, I would, I would feel comfortable. Someone's like, Hey, I'm a Spokane. Like, you know, anyone locally, I'm like, I do. And he knows shit. And like, I also, the thing that I always look for is, uh, the guys who are comfortable raising hand, like, I don't know that shit. Don't ask me that shit. I'll forward you over to someone else who knows that shit. Like that's, that's, I think the biggest thing I constantly look for guys who consult and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's this fine balance of, success definitely leaves clues right like there's some people out there that've got success there's some clues and a trail behind them and they're worthwhile chasing down and asking questions but in the gym world it seems very gray between consultant and coach and to me those do seem very different they're both really important and they're both really good but a question i'd have for you is do you see and I know you've got a you got a few different streams that you work with with gym real estate with WTF with micro gym like you're doing a lot of things that I'm a major major fan of huge proponent of. But do you see yourself more as a coach or more as a consultant? I've been using the term problem solver because mm. you know you're talking about your avatar. Yeah, I like I, uh, Evan Lindsay is a, a I'm a huge fan of him. He's one of the few guys that I've met. Um, from afar, like we didn't know each other, like you and me know each other. And in one, in, I just did that one interview with him for Mad, and I was like, "Holy fuck, this guy! He's on my list of dudes that I think are wicked smart." Um, and he, he, me, me and him were talking. I don't know if it was on camera or off camera, but he was, you know, kind of giving like the tier. He kind of works with people at a certain revenue number. For me, it's yeah. just project based. I ever watched the movie or the show House? Yeah. 
that's that's literally besides him being a dick and i just kind of embodied that whole thing like um, i uh i do a project base so like someone could literally be it could be a a dud not a dud but like someone who has very basic freshman fucking questions that i've answered a thousand times before but if they have a couple things that are unique about the situation that i haven't done I'd be like, actually, that's real interesting. Mm. I kind of, I wanted, I'm, I want to, I want to get in here. I know I'm going to be able to solve these. This thing I've done a hundred times before, but there's something about his project that intrigues me. So I do stuff. That's why I do those initial biz dev calls. Like you've done with me, like that allows me to get in and see, do I want to, I'm going to help you. This is, you paid money for this call. I'm going to give you your stuff, but then I'm able to sit back and go, okay, am I interested in this project? And there's times when I'm not, and that's fine. And you know, refer them to Microgym University or have them book a call maybe very infrequently or something like that or refer them out to other people. But um, yeah, for me, it's just projects. It's like, it's like, what do they have going on? What is the problem I get to solve? And that was the thing in 2015, I felt I had solved a lot of CrossFit South End's problems really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I remember having a chip on my shoulder that I got lucky that I landed on CrossFit in South End Charlotte, and I had those two words, and I was in a great location, and I got lucky. So then, like, when the opportunity to buy the building, and it was like, okay, let's take CrossFit over there. Sure, I was falling out of love with the CrossFit fitness thing, but I'm also a business guy. There's a part of me, it's like, shut the fuck up, Stuart. Who gives a fuck about your your own unique belief in fitness? Just milk the cash out of this fucking thing and keep riding this thing. But then I was also like, God, but if I, but if I can start it over, with a name nobody knows and create something different, I feel so much more confident in my ability to solve problems and do my own thing. Like it just like, cause that was a whole different subset. How do you create a unique lift fitness and the different brand and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and withstand the fucking storm of cancellations. Cause you got rid of CrossFit and the pull-up rig and all that shit. So um, yeah, for me, it's just project-based. What, what's the problem that I can solve, but that's the, I like, I like problem solver, I guess, if I had to go with one of them. Yeah. And what, what's made you want to stay primarily in the micro gym space? Uh, well, it's not the best business move. Cause I, now I get, I get the chance now to work with bigger brands and whatever, bigger brands, bigger companies pay more to solve their problems because their problems are more expensive. So sure. there is that, um, I don't know. It just, it, it, I relate to a gym owner. I relate like that's all the, it's my identity. It's honestly why it's such a hard time giving up urban for the lease and, and just kind of, and, you know, selling out essentially. I had a real hard time with that. Like me and my business partner, RIP Ed, it was just, it was the right move. It was, he was right. I'm glad I did it. Uh, But at the end of the day, man, I was, that's my identity. I hadn't, I was so Mm -hmm. scared of being identity list. Like, Oh, gym owner, that's all I've ever done. Like, so I don't know. I just, I kind of, I enjoy that because I, I, I truly do miss it. I yeah. do. I would never open another group fitness studio though. I would never do co- that. Can I like quote you on that for the rest of yeah. your life? Uh, okay. You can. I won't, okay. I will not open one. I might invest in one or get, you sure. know, f- you know, whatever. But like if I do it again and I was going to, okay. So you, when you were in town, so yeah. Adam comes to town and at, see, this is why I respect the fuck out of you. You travel, you do what I do. I see something. I'm going to invest the money and time to fly out and go see it. So Adam flies down here to Charlotte. He's looking at Madden. You even went down to Greenville. Did you end up going to core 24? Oh yeah. Dude, How could you not dude? I, bro. They're literally, so I got Corey Kiefer, the founder coming on the podcast here in July. He's literally opening up right there in South end. 
He's got, I think, a 13,000 square foot spot he's building out right now. Wow. And so that was the only thing. And so I have this business plan for Annex, A-N-X, um, and it's all built out. It's all planned. And I don't know, maybe I'll wrap it up and sell it to somebody. But like, I, I want to, maybe I still do it, but I would. it's 24-7 access, staffless. 100% staffless. Marty Flanagan over at Core or, uh, Iron 24 was has been a great dude to know and learning more about that model. And I'm like, I will never do group fitness again. I'd never, ever do it. I would go, I would take, I want the highest margin, the lowest yeah. OPEX. I want the most simple thing. And I truly believe right now, at least for the next period of time, the gym, there's the gym shark culture, the bodybuilder, the like guy, like whatever figure, like that, that scene is alive and well alive and yeah. well and then there's the the functional fitnesser you know who's going to rock nobles or whatever and is going to do crossfit on their own or marcus Philly programming and i just there's not a great place for those two worlds to exist under one roof there's not enough of them and yeah. uh if you can make it super instagram when i was on the west coast there's a great brand on uh, newport beach right across the street from ryan fisher gym called infinite training systems awesome brand like great boutique micro gym or open gym concept great mm -hmm. outdoor training area like you know it's california you're working outside indoor oh. area was great so that's what i'd do if i was gonna do another one it'd be uh the six thousand to seven thousand square foot boutique open gym models 24 7 no staff except for cleaning crew would it be in charlotte i would do charlotte just so i could buy the if i would ideally I'd do it i would do it to buy the building that's why mm -hmm. i still keep all the urban movement ip in case I want to fucking get an SB 504, I would throw another urban movement in. Yeah. And I'd have to disclose the staff. Like, it's not going to be a long-term thing, guys. We're just in here for a minute because I needed to buy, I needed this loan to buy this building. Um, yeah. But I, I like, it would probably be in Charlotte just uh, for simplicity's sake. Sure. Yeah. Sure. What uh, about you? Like, what about, if you were to do, would, if you were to do it all over again, would you still do group? Starting from absolute scratch. Well, not scratch. Let's say like right now, let's say it's there. Like, it, let's just say it's someone bought it from you, gave you a fat check and you just had play money. And you're like, I just want to, I want to do something again in fitness. Would it be another one of those? I think there's opportunity between a strength biased group model that has good operational capacity and open gym concepts mm -hmm. i think there's still some white space there yeah uh we we took a step as, as a small one but a really good one for us as a gym um the last january february so we we bought our building we closed on it last december we've been here for like five years and i really like our building we're all ends like 6500 square feet our main training floor uh is basically 60 by 60 and it's the right size. We run 24 person classes. Uh, we want strength bias group coach led strength conditioning classes. Uh, we're going to look like a high end CrossFit class to a lot of people. Um, we do have a rig. We do have barbells, but like we're probably a little more polished. Uh, but we run, we run that. And that's our main niche. What we added was. We have an upstairs training room uh, in the kind of the front third of our building that sits above like my office and the men and women's restroom locker room uh, that has two things. We have uh, we have a kid watch room up there, so we don't call it child care, but essentially that's what it is, uh, because 
we are one of the only places uh, in North Spokane where a 20s, 30s, 40s can bring their kids and work out. Uh, and nice. we just yeah. thought if we're going to do it, we're going to own it. And we're going to mm -hmm. be the spot. And we're going to do it better than anybody else does. And I really think we do a good job with that. Uh, but we have about a 1,350 square foot training space that is a sexy decked out personal training studio that what we did is you can now buy. So we have hybrid AF. You can buy in a, for an additional like 30 bucks a month. You can get 24 seven access to the front third of our building or if a class isn't going on, it's basically open gym whenever you need it outside of class time. Uh, but it's also allowed us now where we can go after the people that are at like our big global box gyms that want to go follow like a Marcus Philly, uh, you know, functional bodybuilding program, but are like, dude, I don't want to be with a bunch of 22 year old meatheads. I don't want it to be dirty. I don't need 50,000 square feet. I just need like my basic clean, very professional setup. Uh, and I want to be able to come in when I want to, I want to know that there's nice showers. We have great amenities up there. Like we have a sauna, we have a cold plunge, we have towel service, uh, we've got great amenities and it's a really clean, nice space. That's been a major win for us. Uh, the amount of class members we have that were pumped about that was enough that the math made sense. Uh, where in my mind, I'm like, we're, let's not try and be everything to everybody. Let's like, let's stick in our lane and do our thing. This is a great scalable option for us because the investment was very predictable. Like here's, here's exactly what it's going to cost here's the space we have. We're buying the building. Now is the time to go do this because I don't want to do it if we're going to be leaving. And the opportunities we have to attract people that want an open gym only membership and just be able to use that 24-7 is very, very scalable and does not cost us uh, an yeah. arm and a leg every time we add somebody. It allowed you to R&D it without the risk of a, new, a different lease at a different building and a different build out and all that. Uh, yeah, that's when people are like, I think it would work. I'm like, well, uh, fucking carve out 3,000 square feet of your current space if you can or whatever the, the number is and test it and see if mm -hmm. it fucking works. Like, you know, go for it instead of like going on spec and signing a seven-year lease and PG and going through re-equipment and, you know, financing $180,000 of equipment, you know, overnight. It's just like, yeah, I agree with you 100% though. I think that open gym thing, you can't we, – we have been educating people for too fucking long in group fitness. There's just too much education. At, like there's been CrossFit brought on more education and the waves of the brands and everyone else. Too many people know what the fuck they're doing and they don't need your recipe anymore. They don't need your fucking workout. They don't. And even even what we noticed, I'd say on a, on a larger level, the average consumer, especially in the CrossFit or micro gym space is more educated than they've ever been. Uh but they also have a lot more clarity on what it is they really want now. Like if you backtrack a few years, right? When, when CrossFit was up and coming, people weren't exactly sure what it was. They just knew that they kind of were interested in it and they'd go check it out. People now know exactly what they think and feel about CrossFit or Orange Theory or F45 or this, that, or the other thing. People now, from the consumer point of view, have a significantly more well-rounded stance and they've already made their decision on what they want. Yeah. Uh, and if what that includes is, Hey, I want the flexibility to be able to do classes, but able to go upstairs whenever I want to and train and work on some accessory stuff. 
great. That, that doesn't change our culture. It just makes it even stronger. Uh, and for the person we have in our, you know, in our gym, that's like, I just, I just do classes four days a week. Great. We didn't change anything on you. But the person's like, actually I'll pay an extra fee and I'll use that. And that, that's me, dude. If I can get that for the price point you're asking that, you know, why would I not? Uh, especially for someone, you know, like, I feel like, I think we're the, are you 37, Stu? Are we the same age? Yeah. 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 Like for me and my staff alone, cold plunge was a win. The fact that we we didn't buy it and lose money on it, but like our gym now pays for it. I was like, that's a major win. The amount of people we have that are aging athletically within these yeah. walls that want something like that. I'm like, this this is a no-brainer. So yeah, I think we won. I think that that combination of like a metabolic look where it's it's strength biased, it's group led, it's probably a two to three thousand square foot class space with some open gym opportunities, that would be one that I would, I'd probably strongly look into if I was to start from scratch. If I was to entertain another one, I think there is massive opportunity in the right cities to figure out how to train middle school and high school strength and conditioning and sport development in an industry that clearly has a high demand and not a lot of people delivering. The hardest thing with that is always overcoming whatever the school system, coaching system that that's there. And like, it's just, it's tough because the co- the parents are always going to, whatever the coach says is that's going to be the thing. If you're the T, if you're the fucking the third party that they, the vendor that they give the thumbs up on great. If they don't. And even if they have some shitty program on site, it's like, you gotta, if it's the right city, if like you look at the school systems and they don't have the right, they don't have the weight rooms, the facilities for it. And the school isn't about to invest in it. That's when I see you got a lot of opportunity. Oak strength. Um, Adam Lane, uh, he, uh, he's, he just came out, he's opening, uh, he's franchising two metabolics in Madison. Um, but he's got a great program in Illinois, uh, youth-based, but that's mainly it. He's really capitalizing on the fact that these schools don't have the solutions that he can provide. Um, but the ones that do that have invested in these weight rooms and stuff yeah. like that, like, they're going to keep these kids in house as much yeah. as they can, you know, cause exactly. they're charging a ton of tuition and all that shit going, you know, what you were saying a second ago, it's interesting. I, uh, I think as you were talking about like people kind of, they're more educated than, than ever and, and things of that nature, what you've created and anyone who does, I think the open gym option you're essentially getting someone to pay extra if you're smart enough to charge for it, which everyone should be. Don't give that shit for fucking free. You're getting the pay for retention. The amount of gym owners I talk to in which, you know, I have like five reasons for cancellation, you know, geographical, schedule, financial, injury, change of interest. The amount of people who are canceling and it's like, all right, I've been here four or five years. Hey, listen, here's the thing, CrossFitters. Um, how many thrusters, box jump, burpee, and wall ball combos can we do? Like, CrossFit doesn't deviate. That's my my one of my biggest issues. CrossFit doesn't deviate. It hasn't added those nine fundamental movements. I feel like there should be like fifteen now. You can't be doing the same ones. My favorite Cat Williams skit. He's like, if you're fucking around with guys that were selling weed six years ago and they haven't moved on the coke by now, like you need to get rid of them. Um, like we had some fucking diet. We had some some different movements in here. Strength and conditioning and exercise sciences come a decent way. We know some shit now. Anyway, but uh. It's they're paying for their own retention because the majority of these gym owners tell me people are leaving and then I'm seeing their Instagram. They said it was scheduled. They fucking joined the YMCA. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they're following some train or some following some program in a train heroics app. Like, yeah. like I know they are. I see it on Instagram. We still follow them. And I'm like, yeah, because you've educated them so well that now they can have preferential treatment. Oh, and by the way, after COVID, there is now a hundred times the amount of authorities out there that are providing programming and with a scheme because of the internet and social media you were doing crossfit but you're lanky and you play basketball and you had knee pain so now you've really really latched on to ben patrick and atg you have that option now to latch on to people's brands you're a female who's been doing crossfit competitively even though you're not a real competitor you go to these local throwdowns And then you learned about LCK and you saw the photos of her when she was doing that shit. And now how she looks now doing more of a hypertrophy based program. You're like, fuck, I'm going to follow that. I like her style, like tattoos. You know, she, I dig what she's putting down, you know, there's just too many options out there now. And, uh, and high training age clients, Mm -hmm. I'd say five to seven years are probably in that window of formulating their own opinion as to what they want to do. Yeah. Which if you're a gym owner listening to this and you've been around a minute and you're doing a good job, that should be a reality for you. You have people that have been with you for five to seven years. What are you doing to keep them? Now, the goal is not to keep everybody forever. Like this, this is a business and people will move on at some point, believe it or not. But we're going to get back to the podcast in just one second. But just a reminder, guys, the Gym Real Estate Company is open nationwide. If you are a gym owner in the United States and you are looking to lease or buy a building, do not work with that fuckface broker in town. Trust me, they are not able to hold a candle to the suite of services that the Gym Real Estate Company is now providing. We are doing site suitability, operational capacity analysis, 36-month proformas, and we're providing one year of business consulting if you sign with us and we sign a lease or buy a building with you. Guys, it's it's absolutely like there's no classification of a business professional doing what I'm doing with the Jim Real Estate Company. I would love for the opportunity to work with you. Send me a DM at Jim Real Estate on Instagram and I'd love to talk with you about what you've got going on. All right, back to the podcast. Like you, you, you got to have an action plan for that yeah. or they will make one for you. Yeah, or those like or part if your plan is, hey, we get it. They cycle through, but we yep. constantly have an inflow because we're in that kind of a market, then great, right. good grand, you know. But otherwise, if it's like, hey, like who's the biggest at risk? Is the gym owners like we were arguing about this? And I'm like, who is arguing about your programming? The client who's been there one year or the client who's been there seven years? Yeah. It's the older client has now opinions because they've watched seven Ben Bergeron videos yeah, and yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 right? Like yeah, yeah. they have an opinion. So the more educated you make the consumer, like let's do craft beer. Like we were just like you and me are sitting here drinking. There are people now that are just so snobby because they're educated and they're ignorantly educated. Like, because there were customers and we do our own little bullshit research. Quote Cat Williams again right here, Stu. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? (laughs) They have a bunch. Oh God, I'm going to butcher his line, but like. I can't stand how stupid a bunch of these educated moments. Oh are. yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> nothing worse than a stu- than a smart dumb motherfucker. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, there yeah. it is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. That's so good. But yeah. that's that's right. It's like we the more when you get into hobbies, you get educated in them to like a naivete level, but a high level of that. Yeah. So, you know, the SMEs, the coaches of the world are like, fuck, you still don't know shit about fuck about this, but you have an opinion because you're, you know, you're base, you're, you're small level educated on it, but that's yeah. enough for the consumer to make a decision now before totally. they couldn't, they needed your programming because totally. they didn't know shit. Yep. What? Yeah. You'll hear, you'll hear someone, you know, 
you'll hear consumers say, well, I was doing some research and I, I'm like, oh, dude, okay. You watched a 15 second soundbite on, yeah, on yeah, yeah. Like, that's not you doing research, but again, you know, good luck explaining that. With, um, with the business coaching, Mm-hmm. obviously most of it all the time it generally it happened like for most people i hear it it, it kind of happens organically someone tapped you on the shoulder sent you a dm asked a question or whatever what did that look like for you from from formalizing it like taking it from like i'm sure you probably were like yeah like i'll get on a call we can go grab coffee and we'll talk about this whatever when did that go from like i've done enough of these now or like when did you formalize it to this is the system this is my framework this is what i charge like and actually put like a monetized like framework together i i got to a spot where i realized okay this isn't just like some friends that are asking me for business advice now this this is formal so what do i need to charge for my time i started with simple like well here's what i here's what i think i need uh, to charge for that either, you know, two hour training session or the impact that it's going to leave. I started, you know, doing my best educated guess on what I think I should charge for basically one-offs. Sure. And, and as I realized, okay, all right, this isn't just like a one-off hobby thing for me. I'm, I'm going to focus on making this legitimate. Uh, I very quickly transitioned to here's how I want to coach. Here's how I want to attract clients and here's what I want to charge because of the services that I want to offer. That to me was crystal clear very quickly. I, uh, I remember I, I did, you know, a couple of Skypes for free cause I needed the content. I needed mm-hmm. the side by side on Skype back in the day, back in 2015. Yep. Um, and then instantly I remember like char, I remember when I first charged a hundred dollars for an hour and thinking like, there's no way anyone's paying your ginger ass that shit. Like you better, <laughs> these videos had better be bangers. And they weren't, they were great, but they're like yeah. 19 minutes long. Cause I had no idea like how to, I, I had no idea. And back then I think longer form videos worked cause we didn't have as much in the feed. Uh, Instagram was still sure. novelty to the, to a degree. So it, I think it, it was a good timing, but um, yeah, I remember that first time and then be like, Oh fuck. And then it's hard because when you're monet, like again, hourly, you're looking at like, okay, well, what kind of benefit does someone get? And do I charge hourly or do I come up with like a package? Like it's yeah. 3,600 or whatever it is, 10,000 yeah. for this thing. Um, and it ultimately, what I've always recommended to people is like, uh, just think about what it is. Don't think about, is it the right valuation? You can tie any number to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I truly believe. And if someone has the problem and you have the solution, they will they will pay for it. But uh, for me, I always, I never wanted to be tied to a client. Like I want to get fired. That's like my biggest thing. I like, I, I'm the hinge of fucking consultants. I I'm, I want you to fire me. I want to yeah. get to the point where it's like, still I don't need you anymore. I'm like, good. Yeah. Problem solved. Next one up. Let's keep this going. And I thought for a second of doing long-term, like, oh, we'll do a 12-month contract. It's going to take me. Like, I don't know. It's gonna, I, I might get this done in six months. And what if? I don't like working with this motherfucker. I don't want to be <laughs> stuck in a contract with someone for 12 months. So I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to go, I'm going to make this a subscription-based thing that is month to month. And a second that I want to cut them loose or they want to cut me loose, let's go. And it's nice too, because when it's not your only source of income, like when I had the gym, like whatever, like yeah. I could be a little more flex with it. I get the guys that that's their only thing they do. All they do is yeah. consult. You understand you got to have a little bit more structure to that. Um, but yeah, how has that evolved for you? How, and are you liking it? I love it. Uh, I, I, it's a sweet spot for me, bro. Um, I 
I genuinely have a very deep spot in my heart for small business owners. Uh, I think we're the heroes of America. I think uh, like, I can't say enough good things about it. I know a few things like, I know how much coaches have helped me get to where I am. And I knew for a very long time, I'm going to be able to return that to more people. Uh, so it wasn't something like I stumbled upon because I read some book and was like, oh, this guy's doing business coaching. I should go do that too. It was something that was in me from a very, very long time. Uh, I think where the biggest transition for me happened was when I was doing some, what I would call informal coaching and maybe even informal and still getting, you know, people were paying me once in a while for it, or I would ask me, Hey, I'm going to do this, you know, assessment for your team. Or I'm going to help you write out, you know, your business plan and move away from this company, open your own thing. And here's what I want to charge you. It'll be a few hundred bucks and we're going to meet for two hours and, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. I think there was a, there was a point where in my mind, I was telling myself, I'm working on becoming a business coach. And then there was a very clear moment where I was like, no, I'm not. I am one. Uh, and not like, you know, fictitiously like I'm just gonna say that I am one and I'm not I was like I'm 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 exactly who I think this person should should hire and if I'm not I will find them the guy or the girl the team or the consultant whoever that is did you have uh, imposter syndrome for like a second before that I probably did uh I might not have said that out loud or been really aware of it but I think I did for a moment of like these guys are about to pay me a lot of money and if I mess up, this could go very badly. And for a moment, I was like, hold on, I got this. Like, I am wildly confident in myself. I really feel like I will give them everything I possibly can. Um, and I am 100% committed to maybe not guaranteeing the results, because I don't do that for anybody, but I will 100% guarantee the process. And I'll give you everything I possibly have to make that happen. It's on them. And at the end of the day, it's their business. It's their choice. It's their call. I want to be a coach that can help ask them the right questions, get them thinking about the right things, help solve their own problems. But ultimately, they're the ones making the call. They're the ones putting in the work. I might be the one that helps make that become aware or put some tools in their hands to fix their own problems. What I didn't want to be, and this is not me throwing shade at any consultants, I didn't want to just be a consultant. Uh, what I didn't want to do is, okay, I'm a subject matter expert on this. Let me go help you because I've walked this road before. It's one of the reasons why um, some of my best business coaching clients and relationships are with people in industries I don't know a lot about. Like, and I know that, that's going to sound example. weird. No, give me an example. Tech company. Okay. Uh, not my world. Not my world whatsoever. What and was the, the problem they approached you with? We need to figure out how to sell. Got it. And the amount of times that the owner would pause me and say, say that again. And I would repeat it. And they say, we've never even thought about that. And it would lead to them looking at things in a different way that let's be honest, like when you're in the tech world, there are some really, really sharp people, but in order to be successful in the tech world, you kind of have to have a certain wiring and, and it's really fascinating working with people that are in an industry where like, 
someone comes in with a new look, with a new lens, with a new question or a new thing to think about. And all of a sudden they're looking at things that I would think are, are kind of obvious to go ask, but they've never been asked before. And they've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. Like I, that to me is like the greatest win ever. Um, that doesn't happen as often with me when I work with gym owners, you know, like a gym owner rarely is going to bring something to me that I've maybe never dealt with and, or haven't like thought about or had to deal with. Like there's some one-offs, there's some crazy stuff, you know, but like a lot of it's pretty, you know, it's, it's pretty stuff. It's pretty familiar for me. Uh, working with a guy that's got a tech company, working with a guy that's got like a, a he owns a virtual assistant company. Um, that is not like, that's not my sphere. That's not my wheelhouse. I don't spend a lot of time there. And I feel like not just me, but I feel like they would say this too. I'm a wonderful coach for them because I bring a completely different lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe I'm not going to be their coach forever and ever, but there's, you know, we're six months in with both of them. Uh, and there is like this respect and relationship of like, they think I see the world through a lens that they've never even thought of before. When in my mind, I'm like, I have no idea how you even like asking them one of my initial assessments of like, please explain to me how your company makes money. And they kept going through all these different things. I was like, you know, how, how else could it make money? And the simple question like that, and they're like, we've never even thought about how else we could make money. And to me, that's like, that's a very obvious question to ask. Uh, you believe, do you believe most business problems are not as nuanced as the service and the intricate nuanced nature of the service in and of itself? So like, again, you, if you understand some basic that you know how to attract, convert, yeah. deliver, you know, collect, connect, like some basic functions of business, you have a good grasp on it. It really doesn't matter if you're selling widgets or servicing people in a certain way. For the most part, there are some nuances. And I think that's where when you niche in, the more nuanced knowledge you have, the better it's going to to be, which probably why I've stayed specifically into the the fitness scene is just – but yeah, I, I can totally see you doing that with a with a company that's not fitness related that has a sales problem or a, a yeah. you know some other kind of issue that's like I don't really care how you deliver it. I don't even know what system, what software you use. None of that matters, right? Like, yep, yeah. Like, there's I'm with you. There are I, I like one of my one of my core values is you need to be married to your principles and you need to date your methods. And I think that is a universally true in business. I agree. Like, there are certain principles you, you just got to stick to. Uh, and they're probably universal across 99% of businesses, but methods can come and go and change and pivot and adapt. To me, that's where a really good coaching conversation will help someone deal with those questions or those problems or that wall they can't seem to look past uh, that to me comes down to like universal business coaching principles. So for example, like I don't have, I don't have a generic template. I put everybody through. It's it's truly one-on-one independent, individualized custom to them. I may have some similarities on, Hey, like, you know, I want to know what their org chart is. I want to know how they make money. I want to look at their PL. I want to know how they're wired and you know what the company brand stands for. Like those are all pretty universal. Do you but rewire them? The, yeah. Yeah. Do you rewire these businesses. That's right. I'm trying to patent that, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I I genuinely believe 
when the leader gets better, everybody can win. And one of my biggest goals is to make sure the leader is getting better because if the leader is going to get better, the business is going to get better and everything they touch is going to get better. And the it's got to start with the leader. Uh, and that's one of the I I look at the relationship that I have with that business owner as truly a sacred one. And I would bring that back, like, let's rewind. I don't know how many years ago this would have been, uh, probably seven or eight when we were first introduced. And like, just for people listening, this will be interesting. But like Stu and I's first call was him just ripping me apart. I'm like, oh my God, you're posting your freaking workout on Facebook, you idiot. Like he was like grinding me through. Fast forward, we're now the company that when Stu needs to give a quick reference off the top of his head of a good looking social media, he pulls our name up. That to me, I give 100% credit to like, Stu came along and saw something different and asked me the right questions. Like number one, who's your social media exists for? And my answer, I'm sure was like, I don't know, our members. Yeah. Like you dumb dumb, it's for your prospects. Like it it got me to I've think I've never about called anybody a dumb dumb in my life. I definitely <laughs> use more colorful language than that. Um, <laughs> but it's great, but it's like, that's the evolution though. And it's like, um, I truly, I like, I think that there's, any of the business, like all the top guys that I work with, the people doing over $110,000 a month, like people like real gyms that are fucking destroying it, they will always pay for fast solutions to problems. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like the like, and it should be done. Like that's that's why, again, I'm not here to knock on any other models. No, I do, but like this idea of like enrolling in my 12 step thing and you have to be cons- you're you're in our incubator program for 12 months and this blah, blah. it's like shouldn't you get should it be better to, you should get paid more to solve the problem faster. Not like, well, it's 12, it's gonna take 12 months. Really? Is every everyone's problems gonna take 12 months? Like it just yep. and that and again, I, I everyone knows I'm probably pointing at Coop and fucking uh two brain, but it's like it, but here's the deal though. On the comma, you know, asterisk, if I had the aspiration of helping 1 million entrepreneurs, and that is, I believe, his mission statement, you yeah. got it. You have to do that templated model, and you have to, once someone has been a mentor, paid for your services for a period of time, put them through your mentor training program, and now yeah. they're a mentor too, even though they don't know their asshole from a hole in the ground. But like, <laughs> but that's the, oh, but they know enough. Like I said, they're going to be one yeah. chapter, Frank Abagnale, one chapter yeah. away from the person they mentor, which will ultimately help a million entrepreneurs. It'll help them get from shit to okay, or maybe from okay to good. And um, do you want, and that, that leads me to my next question for you. Do you want to keep this as like a company of one model, a, like a high paying job model, like what a lawyer has, what a doctor has, what I have, like, or are you going to look to make a business out of it? Uh, I have a tipping point, um, that I've, I've been sure to make sure I build this out as a business. Uh, it will be a job until that tipping point hits. Got so what, what that look like for me is I want to build out, uh, where eventually I work with our higher level clients in corporate training. And one of, one of my big passions, I eventually, I want to get paid to speak and train that that would be like my long-term play um like public and, speaking stuff yeah and yep. and probably more like corporate team training um yep. that stuff is uh, i love it it's exciting for me i enjoy it uh and if i do well in my current space it tends to lead towards that 
uh, a guy that's mentored me, that's been my um, been my business coach throughout the past. Uh, he's he's at that level now, and I mean he's he is a wildly successful business coach that gets to decide what he's worth. And not that I want to be him, but I've seen what he's been able to build behind him so that he can go do what he does and doesn't just do it as a one-man show, but brought a team with him. I want to get there. Uh, but my big focus right now in the first phase that I really want to get to that I'm getting closer and closer to each month, it, it, this feels much more like a job. Yeah. Uh, which honestly in this season is great. It's it's taking a ton of pressure. Well, it, it, here's the, here's the thing is everyone, I get people ask me like, why don't, cause I, I, like I call it a company of one a la Paul Jarvis uh, who wrote that book company of one. And it's completely yeah. changed my perspective on everything. But I look at a company as a, a, a every, you, you have an LLC, you sell something to someone, you got a company, but business functions without you, without right. you selling, you still there, you steer the ship, but like a business kid will, you will make, you'll leave and come back and more money has been made. Right. Yeah. Um, again, it's, you know, the nice thing about a job, you can always quit. Same thing when I did the gym real estate company, yeah. I had a very simple problem to solve. How do I make more money? If my current clientele base without them having to pay me more money, Mm-hmm. That's a very unique problem. Like anyone ta- thinks about how do I get my customers to make me more money without them having to pay me more money? That's, that's what went off in my brain. And I, uh, you know, you spend some time, you develop a, a reputation in a certain industry. Uh, you develop a, a certain level of expertise in a field and you, you, you know, you come up with uh, the gym real estate company and the concept of being a, uh, a CRE site consultant and business consultant just for the fitness industry. And that's, but again, it's a job. I get to stop it at any point. Mm-hmm. Fucking something happens horribly, get to stop it. Another opportunity opens up and it's like, you got to go on this now. I don't have to worry about, fuck, I got to lay off four people. Oh my yeah. God, I got a, I got 16 clients who have 12 month contracts. I mean, fuck all that. I want to be able to up and fucking go at any point and pivot and change as needed. Um, and not know, any, know anybody, anything other than the work that I've, that they've currently just paid me for. Right. Yeah. And, and to do that. And, uh, it's also just like, you know, after, you know, it's almost 10 years, a little, you know, a little less than 10 years I've been doing the consulting thing. Um, the real estate stuff, I just truly see as I never created like tiers of like, oh, my top gyms I work with are with like the Stubrower Elite package. Like, and then you yeah, guys, yeah. like, I never came up with that. However, leasing, everyone's leasing. And I can yeah. help solve a lot of problems there. Buying is generally going to be reserved for someone who has got a little bit, a little bit more seasoned business kind of scenario. I don't have a lot of gyms buying buildings that are fucking idiots and, you know, are little, are, are losing $6,000 a month. Like I don't, you know, they're not them. So it is, I get to naturally just work with a little bit higher echelon of a, of an owner at that perspective, in that, in that role. It's interesting when I think about like what your value ladder is that you offer. Yeah. Uh, so people listening to value letters, like, like what's your low barrier offer? You know, for a lot of gyms that might be a free week trial or a class yeah. pass or whatever, but then like, okay, what's after that? And then what's the higher level above that? What's the higher level above that? Yours is, yours is unique. Cause you actually have a very solid range. What What's micro gym, like 50 bucks a month. Yeah. And is and that, that your lowest level? offer? That was, and I went from a, it was a 6,000 a year prior the first two and a half years I launched it and it launched well. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I didn't like that. I like it. Sure. It was money, but I didn't like that model. 
Cause then I got lazy. I truly did. Like I made all that content. It's yeah. like, I made this course and then boom, buy, people signing up six grand. And it's like, oh, I'll just wait for more people to buy it. But like, there are people that mm -hmm. were getting through it. And I was like, I wanted to be, I wanted to have the impulse. I wanted to have the pressure on me like Netflix to constantly be producing something new. It's even when you have the tools and the cameras and the skill set to make content and all that, it's still a work in progress. And luckily I enjoy doing that stuff, but like, I wanted to be like, all right, I, I want to kind of put my nuts to the fire and be like, if I don't roll out a new fucking course in two months, cancellation, 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 cancellation. Yeah. Like I, I wanted, I wanted that to happen. And also the second I wanted to stop making shit, I wanted to be able to fucking just turn it off. Right. You know, um, so anyway, yeah, but no, so yeah, so MG, yeah, MG is 50 bucks a month. Then what, what's like one of your highest levels? Yeah, honestly, just my hourly stuff. You know, uh, yeah. I've had people be like, I'm not booking this call. You cost more than my lawyer. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I, I know. Yeah. I, yeah, 100%. Yep. Um, so yeah, so you, like you book a call with me, it's 360 an hour for the first yeah. hour. And then we get you on, and then we do the subscription thing, which is, you know, it's going to, it's going to work out much better for you long-term on the subscription thing. Cause you're going to have more access to me throughout the day in the weeks. But like, um, yeah, I mean, that's ultimately it. The only thing I've done beside that and I don't offer it anymore was I call it the zero, uh, zero percent equity business partner. Got it. And that was like anywhere from like two to 6,000 a month. And we literally were on a call every single week, twice a week. Um, and we like literally I was is this I I the, you gave me a role. I need you to be my chief marketing officer. I need you to be my my HR. I need you to be like you gave me a role Got on it. your chart and you committed for a minimum of 12 months. Got it. And I like that. And I would do it for a very for some cool for some unique projects. But again, yeah. I just didn't want to be tied to it anymore. Yeah. That that's pretty committed. That's a mm -hmm. pretty big commitment to take that on. Yeah. 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 So it's it, you know, there's that, but um and then, you know, now the real estate stuff is kind of just the the biggest thing right now. And that's just been kind of the fun evolution. And, uh, you know, well, I, coming, I just, coming back to what you said initially, call like you figured out a subject matter and you're pretty dang versed at it now. You could help a lot of people along the way with what you know. Yeah. You know? And it and it's it's got different, you know. Buying, sure, buying the building, I might have, I might be one step, I might be one chapter ahead of some other people on that. Yeah. And now we just went through. So, you know, you know, my business partner passed away and all that. Yeah. I just bought out his equity. Yeah. So went and got the loan, did all that. So now I, I own that thing 100% outright. And it's interesting now, now that I do that, I was, I'm looking at it. just went and looked at a building. There's a, a five and a half million dollar building that I'm looking at. Uh, my mortgage on it would be like 32. Mm -hmm. The income on it would be 65. So I, uh, yeah, so yeah, hundred percent. So it's like, but yeah. now, now that gateway investment holdings, which is my invest, not, that's not the Jim real estate company. Gateway right. investment holdings is my invest, you know, my hold co company. Now that we have uh four or five, six, almost six years on the books. Yeah. And with that tenant in there, I can get loans, yeah. big fucking loans right now. Yeah. Like it's, it's super cool. Cause I go to these commercial real estate broker meetings. And we'll talk about like, kind of the cap rates of their properties and stuff like that. And we're looking at it and they're like, huh? The hmm. fuck? Like, who the fuck are you? And it's just like, I could go compete on that building. Just like, and there's a certain limit. I'm not, I'm not able to do $12 million buildings yet, $20 million buildings yet. But like right now, anything probably seven or in seven and under, I could get a yeah. loan for 
with the same bank I'm doing shit with right now, as long as I show the right numbers and I, you know, it makes sense financially. It just interest rates right now are just such a kick in the cock. Oh, dude, that I just had that conversation yesterday with our bank. We were looking at another venture and I was like, ah, you can just stop the conversation now. I don't like what rate you just said. Even if you get 7% and no one's going to give you more than a five year, you're going to go five years and then a balloon. And yep. so you're hoping, so every, all the numbers I run are at 9% interest rate. So assuming in five years, shit's even yep. worse and I'm at 9%, yep. can I still cover this? If the answer is yes, I'll, I'll at least look at it. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's just so much that goes into that, man. It's, you know, but, uh, but that, the nice thing I like about getting the real estate, once you've done it and for all the gym owners, I was just having a conversation with my one guy, um, he'll be coming up here and he'll have purchased his commercial real estate and owned it with his gym in it for going on two or three years now here soon once you surpass three years if you do it right and again like i tell everyone don't just pay the mortgage like overpay show some profit in your real estate company it's gonna let you sit at this table longer and do more things you know what once you get to that point then and you're able to be like okay i'm gonna i want to go do another one of these and um like Steve Pinkerton, Steve's show me some really cool uh, multifamily uh, unit funds where yeah. you can throw in and it's a minimum of probably like 250 or so. Um, but I mean, the, if the cash on cash is 30%, it's, it's a, they're really good. I mean, r- really nice valuations on multifamilies, yeah. which is a, it's not as much reward as owning the building outright and getting hundred percent of the rent, but you get to take a lot of nice losses on your K on your K ones for the first couple of years as they're going through construction to offset all your other fucking taxes. And then mm-hmm. once the money starts coming in, it's fucking consistent. These multi-units, mm-hmm. multi-families in Charlotte stay at 94% occupancy. Yeah. I mean, so I, this guarantee, I guarantee you the commercial spaces don't. No. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, office obviously right now is the heart is the biggest yeah. thing. Charlotte just did a UDO, a unified development ordinance, which is sent, that's like bigger cities have done this really well. Charlotte was behind the game, but now it just essentially eliminated a lot of the complications of getting people yeah. into certain buildings and stuff like that for certain uses. Um, so it's, yeah, it made it really helpful. Yeah. But, um, what about, I mean, for you, I mean, you've got, again, you've now got some great insight and experience at the real estate stuff. Um, have you ever thought about just going and get, do you have your broker's license? Uh, my wife does. Okay. So at least one of you, does. so at least one of you, yep. if you guys ever lease it out, you don't have to eat shit on the, uh, yep. <laughs> the, the, the listing broker side. Yeah. No. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever thought about fucking around with that? Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, the, the real estate on the building was, it was good for a number of things. It was good for the business. Uh, it was good for me and my family. Um, it was good for our staff. Uh, and when all three of those things are checked off, that makes a lot of sense for me. Probably the biggest thing with, how was it good for the staff? They have a few things. One, uh, we now know where we're going to be. And we now know that our current business model works in this location with this rent rate and this size and all that. So that on an immediate need, we weren't, you know, I spent a year, uh, I guess a little bit over a year writing offers, trying to find spots, putting, I mean, I had five accepted offers around Spokane that all fell through. So not worried that you're going to relocate the business is what you mean by that. Okay. And like, all right, if we, if we have to go to this spot, do we have to change our model? Is that going to affect how we coach? Is that going to affect how we staff? Are we going to have to adjust payroll in a way because we're going to have to adjust our floor print? Like all of those things are real. 
You would uh, now have the option of golden handcuffs that nobody else has. Unless you own a building, you don't have golden handcuff options. And for everyone listening, that's essentially where you could gift a small percentage of the building to your top employee that you're like, I cannot let this person leave. They're yep. too fucking important. Yep. And that they only vest and that kicks in at when you lease it out or when you sell it. Yep. At both instances, it wouldn't matter. You're shutting the thing down anyway, but it incentivizes them to stick the fuck around. Yep. And I mean, that's my God, like uh, that is an incredible option. Well, it's a win for everybody. It's, you know, it's a huge win for everybody. I think a, a big part for me was uh, besides, you know, commercial real estate when done correctly can be a very big return on investment. Uh, I wanted to be able to create the option to sell the business down the road to someone on our staff if they decide that's what they really want to do. And the easiest way for someone in my shoes to do that is to recoup it through rent. Um, so for example, like our, our general manager, Isaac, uh, which I always laugh because that was the name of your general manager. Just got, we just got very drunk together the other night. It was a good time. Oh, um, yeah. So my, my Isaac's, uh, he's a dude, uh, but he's, you know, he's been with me for a very long time. He would love to do this uh, for the long haul. And whether that's just a full-time salary position that he's very happy with. And I throw in things like, you get an ownership stake in the building and or the business as we grow. Or, you know, dude, do you want to buy us off me? Because now I have the opportunity to make that much more attainable, especially if for anybody listening, you got a GM that you're like, and you're thinking maybe someday down the road, you do want to exit. Uh, and if they aren't sitting in a position where they can fork up that type of cash, but I can just recoup it through rent, it makes it a very clean, simple win for everybody. Uh and you don't get that option unless you own the building, period, the end, you know? So that, that was a big part for me of like, and I was very upfront with our staff about that of like, I love this thing. This is my baby, but I will not get in the way of its growth and or your career. So I'm in a position where the industry's decided I've got some talents I want to go, I want to go capitalize on. I don't want rewired to stumble or fall because of me. I want it to just continue to grow. So I'm going to work on the brand and I'm going to work on the staff and you guys are going to slowly begin to take over and me owning the building helps all of that. And here's why and laid out all the reasons. And it was, it was a huge win. I remember that as, as a staff meeting of just everybody being like, we love this. Like this is, this is good for all of us. Uh, and thanks for like bringing us in on the business thoughts behind all this, because it actually makes all of this better for all of us. So do you have a number? Like if someone comes and offers on lease or purchase in which you're like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. my number. Yeah. It's the, have you talked to the staff about that? Yeah. So just, just for the record, if someone shows up with a briefcase for X, uh, don't worry, we'll figure something else to do and I'll make sure you guys all have jobs, but I will sell it without thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like I had shared, shared that with my wife and I move at a very high speed, lots of energy, big motor, and thank God she she's very talented, but she moves. At she's a your governor. She oh my God. Yeah. Which is good. Cause if we were both one or the other, it would probably not be good for anybody, <laughs> but like, she'll dude, slow down. You just bought the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I have a number. Um, I'd, I'd go put rewired somewhere else. If someone came in well, with what I know I want. So, uh, which, you know, we have a fairly, we, we have probably a little too nice of a building for our gym, uh, admittedly. We probably do, uh, which is a good problem to have when you own the building and are thinking, I could move this gym to a- To something place. less, yeah. 
I could, uh, and that that's a realistic thing. Um, I don't want to do it right now because of the rates and or I don't I think it's too early. But I mean, rates get to a good spot, and I go look at. I'm already looking at land. I'm already you know I've already got the build out I would want. Um, if that opportunity pops up, uh, I already have the conversation with my bank of here's exactly what I want to do. What would that look like? What would I need? They gave me the numbers. I said, now I know exactly what number that is for rewired, either a lease or a purchase and what it would take to go start, you know, rewired 2.0. Um, and that to me is like, I, I love new projects. I love new things. And I think that could be a pretty big win, you know, uh, You'll, we'll have to get together. So I started um, been working on, I have like eight lined up. We've only done two of them so far, but uh, they're these gym real estate, like case studies. So like when you came, we came into town, you went and saw the guys over at QC fit West, the gym that I go to now that built that building. Very um, nice building, by the way. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially what I do is I just get with the owners and we literally just talk all the numbers. I have them send me the, all the numbers on it, the cost of this, the rate, their le- you know, their loan, this, like all the ins and outs of it. And uh, essentially I just kind of want to just create like, cause it doesn't exist out there literally for someone to be like, Oh man, like uh, an, a, that size building looks like, look at all the pretty pictures of it and all that. And then have all the fucking numbers shared publicly about like what this looks like because everyone looks at it and until you know and have been through it you don't realize like oh i think a gym with a second floor would be dope yeah do you think eighty thousand dollar elevators are dope because that's what you need to fucking put in there you know like i didn't think about that like there's so much stuff and we're all not commercial real estate uh development conglomerates we don't know shit about fuck we learn this as we go and their story and i'm sure your story when we do this with jim real estate company and my story we're all just a bunch of like idiot but we just like figuring it out we're just we're figuring out as we go and i think there's a good collection of uh and, and i've been lucky enough to touch a bunch of these people to talk about the purchase or build process um and and then get to like the real numbers so other gym yeah. owners can have more educated like that's really what it looks like you know now it's easy if someone's like oh how much does it cost to start up a gym those numbers are out there people could figure it out yeah. pretty quickly yeah. the real estate side of this thing is is so in the dark in my opinion it's not yeah. it hasn't been public enough i i think that'd be a really helpful tool for people to have and yeah i mean hit me up when you're ready i'll be oh happy. yeah 100 we will we yeah. will uh, you went and saw Steve Pinkerton's building when you were out here too. Oh, yeah, uh, twice now. Okay, so um, I just, I just so self-made summit. I, yeah. I saw, uh, dude, so here's the here's the crazy story. So when I was in Charlotte, I think when you and I hung out, and I went, you know, did uh, Matabog Discovery Day, and I visited a handful of gyms I'd selected, and um, one of which was Steve Pinkerton's. About two months ago, my GM, we were, we were plotting out like for our year, we have a calendar of, uh, you know, events and marketing and push, like, what do we need to be focused on, on a 12 month schedule? And one of the things we had looked at was, uh, we wanted to get our media team to come and show off our new building and, you know, with upstairs being done and all the new things we've done, uh, mostly aesthetic driven. But he had sent me this video. He's like, oh my God, dude, there's this gym in North Carolina. You should see this. It's incredible. And I'm like, I guarantee you it's Vitality. And he goes, yeah. (laughs) Been there. Love it. The dude's incredible. Steve, thank you. He gave me like, you know, an hour of his time just answering any question I had. And that, if anybody's in uh, 
It's a little bit outside of Charlotte, but it's Concord. Concord. Yeah, like what, 20, 40 if minutes? That, 15, 15 to 20 minutes, okay. you know, maybe yeah. more traffic, but it's super quick. If the way he pulled that off should be its own case study. Yeah, it's going to be. I'm going up there in like two Thursdays oh. from now. Yeah. I won't, I won't give any hints, yeah. but for anybody listening to this right now, like tune back in when Stu covers that. Yeah. That dude's a genius yeah. uh, and completely out of the box way to go get your own real estate, build the space you want and let it crush. Yeah. Uh, and we're not talking a small little space. It's like a 50,000 50, square feet. Dude, not just the gym, the, the gym's uh, 10, 10, 10. Yeah. Incredible spot, dude. I'll yeah. tell you a story when we get off this that I that I learned the other day. But the dude is just it's, and again, it's probably one of the biggest, scariest looking, but nicest human yeah. beings I've ever met. Yeah, he, he could kill you. He could kill you. At hundred percent, you wouldn't see it coming. That's the worst no, part. No, you yeah. wouldn't. Um, but but I really, no, I, I'm impressed with Steve. That seems like a genuinely awesome human. He is. It's just I, I remember I got my favorite one of my favorite stories. I urban movement opened up, and I talked to him a lot during the process, and I got my CO and. I don't know, like two weeks later, it's fucking on it package shows up. And it's that I guess it's I have it sitting right over there in the studio. It's a uh like it's a gorilla skull kettlebell. Super dope. Seven two pood. Dope. You got one of those too? Right fucking, there. Yeah. So he like and then forever. I went on Instagram. I'm doing a couple stories that week. Who sent this? Blah blah blah. This is dope. Thank you. And I never heard there's no note or anything in the fucking bat in the the package. Anyway, so like two months go by. And me and him were just talking one day. He's like, hey, by the way, you get that kettlebell I sent you? And I was like, fuck. That was you. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to say congrats. I know what a headache that is. I was like, he's the best, man. He's the fucking best. Um, yeah. All right, dude, listen, I got to go do my kids. Uh, it's her birthday today. She turned six. Oh, really? Yeah, the we're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. The Gus. Um, How old is she? She uh, She's six going on like uh, 19. This, yeah. this sassy broad. I swear yeah. to God, this fucking kid. I, I have no idea where she gets it, Stu. No, I have no, I have no fucking idea. Her, her mom calls. She's like, uh, she's saying fuck a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, she's on a kick now. She's got She's on a Guns N' Roses kick. She well, was all into like MGK a second ago, Lizzo. And uh, like she just goes to these crazy weird phases. She gets to my Spotify and just finds something and like listens to it, like loves it. And she's just like, you know, she's like, uh, who's li- who's little who's Tunchi? Who's little Tunchi? I'm like, no oh, shit. Um, right. anyway, but listen, Adam, if anyone wants to reach out to you, a they they love to pick your brain on something you talked about today. B maybe they're interested in talking with you from a coaching perspective. That they'd like to you know talk about potentially working with you. What is the best way for them to get in contact with you? DM me on Instagram, Coach Adam Ludlow. Coach Adam Ludlow, noted. Coach I'll Adam throw that in the uh, the show notes. Yep. Um. As always, buddy, it's uh, it's always good to catch up. I will have Sally shoot something over so we can do that gym real estate case study. Be great. That Looking would be a lot fun. of fun, man. A lot of fun.